It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios. Welcome, Sandy. Thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in D.C. is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. And you still like me or you you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. (laughs) I'm a musician. I can't help it. Uh, Longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth. In America, once gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Cindy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. Why don't you do your job? Why don't you get this border secure? And until you do that, I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you. Thank you. That was a moment. That was uh, Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida. Why did he, he was talking about, or to, Joe Biden. Uh, Joe Biden, of course, spoke through Jen Psaki, his press secretary. She had um, warned DeSantis and uh, Governor Abbott of Texas, get control of the Delta variant in your states or get out of the way. And so Ron DeSantis had a few words for them. That was just a little bit of it. I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you until you do your job and secure the border. Uh, He went on to explain uh, in his statement, longer statement, and also with Laura Ingram last night, uh, what we know, and it should be repeated, that uh, they are allowing incredible amounts of COVID-positive people to enter the southern border. They're putting them on planes without masks uh, and sending them to to areas all over the country. Uh, it's it's you think that maybe in fact uh, Ron DeSantis pointed out that probably every variant unknown is being brought across the border and it's not necessarily by Mexican or Central American nationals there are people from all over the world coming across that border and so again that's why uh, DeSantis said I don't want to hear a blip about COVID from you until you do your job and secure the border it was interesting to see that clip his his aide is in the shot. A couple of aides are in the shot. And uh, it, it, the aide is even like when he says that, he, his eyes go up. It's kind of like he's having a wow moment too because I think we are so sick of uh, having this one-way street of dictates to us and it's just refreshing to have someone with some backbone. I think that you all would agree with that. And I want to just give you a couple of more, more updates of what's happened in the last 24 hours other things that they're planning on doing. The U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy uh, was interviewed and asked, what are the odds that a vaccine for kids under 12 will be approved during the next school year? And his response was, the odds are high. We know Pfizer is experimenting right now with uh, testing children, even babies. Okay, so that comes on the wings of me telling you that the CDC itself reported that nearly 400 children suffered heart inflammation after taking the COVID-19 vaccine. In fact, it wasn't just the, uh, that they took the, that they had the reaction. 14 children died after receiving the Pfizer vaccine, according to the study. You know, here's the thing. It's a matter of odds. It's like adults taking the vaccine. You have to figure out if you are willing to take, to have a, about 2% chance of living, even if you get COVID, you only have a, you have a 98% chance of surviving. That's a very broad generalization over all categories of ages. Uh, and uh, with the vaccine, we are learning more and more about the numbers of people that are having adverse, serious adverse reactions or death. And uh, experts are saying the numbers are too high. 
we should not continue with. Some experts are saying this. We should not continue with this. The odds are too high of uh, adverse reactions and deaths. And we've never approved a vaccine before that had this high a number of adverse reactions. One last thing, a former Obama official is demanding that um, unvaccinated adults be placed on no-fly lists. Uh, She said amid a global health crisis, people who defy public health guidance are not and do not deserve to be a protected class. So that just gives you a glimpse of further things you have to look forward to, further further battles, battles to fight. I want to introduce you to someone who I've grown to really admire uh, because he is leading the fight in his own state uh, to stop the draconian measures that his governor has taken. And I'm talking about Ron Armstrong, who's the founder and president of Stand Up Michigan. Uh, they, they stood up quickly uh, when the mandates from their governor, Whitmer, who was probably arguably uh, well, Cuomo what, might, might give her a run for her money. One of the worst governors in the state, just making life miserable for Michiganders. And uh, they, uh, Ron is joining us this morning to tell us uh, about yet another thing that Stand Up Michigan is going to do to push back. Ron, thanks for joining us this morning. Great to be with you, Sandy. Hey, just for just for uh, just to get an idea, when did Stand Up Michigan begin? Uh, we started in April of last year uh, during the beginning lockdown, which was the bending the curve phase, and our governor was operating under a 1976 law that gave her only 28 days to unilaterally control us. And uh, our legislature was looking to extend that, and we saw that the hospitals were no longer uh, under uh, pressure. We, we had adequate PPEs and all those other things that were relevant, but she was wanting to extend and lock down further. And uh, our legislature, thanks to the people, uh, that's when we formed. We had a Facebook group of over 400,000 people in a matter of about four weeks um, before Facebook took that first group down entirely. Uh, But during the process, um, we pressured our legislature to say, do not extend this. Well, our governor did not, or the legislature did not extend, and she pivoted to a 1945 draconian law that had no time limit, and she then... uh, Basically, I know all of you probably have heard, uh, she, she basically locked us down, had uh, over 100 executive orders, uh, including, of course, where you could shop and when you could be open, you couldn't visit your other home, uh, and literally, we were in complete and utter lockdown, uh, laterally, uh, just controlling the people of Michigan, and during that time, uh, we, we sought to repeal that law. That was a year-long battle. Uh, the Supreme Court, eventually, the state of Michigan ruled that law unconstitutional in its use and said she had to work with the legislature. And as you know, in many areas, she pivoted to the health department and said, they can carry out my measures now, even though the Supreme Court says we've got to actually have checks and balances. So that's what we've done. It's where we formed. Uh, We've done a lot more. Our three pillars are care, inform, and activate. And that was to care for the people where they are. We didn't form just in anger. We formed in the ability to hear people's story, people that could not get unemployment people that couldn't take care of their kids, had never educated their children before. And our media and our governor didn't care about any of that. Uh, And so we had to be the voice and basically share and communicate with the people. But what happened through that process? We realized that the people are the solution. We can be the solution. Uh, It will never be the government. Oh, boy, you and I agree on that completely, Ron. In fact, I'll just mention that there's this horrific infrastructure bill that's being considered in Congress right now in Washington. We have 17 
uh, Republicans who are all on board with this, and it very little is being spent on infrastructure. It's one point two trillion, I think, is the cost. Uh, and uh, my point is, I'm not even going to talk about that much this morning, Ron. They're going to vote in two days because Washington, as I say often, has sunk to the depths of the sea. Or I wish it would sink to the depths of the sea. We don't don't have people. We have very few people representing us there. And it is true. It's falling back on the shoulders of the citizens to take back their country. And that is what you have led in Michigan. Um, let's go right to your event, and then I want to come back and ask you some more questions about Stand Up Michigan. You have a very big event happening uh, tomorrow on the steps of Lansing. That's where the capital of Michigan is. From 3 to 5, it's called Protest Against Mandated Vaccines. So what's going to be happening at that event, and why would people want to come, Ron? Well, it's expanded because, uh, yes, it is against mandated vaccines. In Michigan, they've decided that the universities, mainly the large ones, uh, are going to require vaccinations for students in the fall. It's gone beyond that. Now, uh, General Motors is uh, going to demand all their employees be vaccinated. And it kind of moves on. We've had new guidance yesterday that's going to potentially require or recommend, highly recommend that all the school systems uh, mask the children as they come back this month or early next month. And so uh, basically, it is it is on all fronts right now. And also, by the way, healthcare workers, those heroes of last year who are now threatened to be fired if they do not take the vaccination, what they don't understand, and I know they don't care, is that these healthcare workers have actually watched uh, what has happened with this virus. They've also know the truth about it. And the majority, or at least almost half, of these healthcare workers have refused to get the vaccination, understanding what the virus is. So we literally have uh, uh, people from all walks of life. We have doctors. We have uh, student groups. We have one student who's 21 years old who's gathered 10,000 signatures from students and faculty and parents of Michigan State University. We have uh, uh, Professor William Wagner, who's a constitutional attorney, fantastic Christian man, who's going to be speaking as well. What we hope to accomplish with this, and it's going to be carried live, I know by 100% set up uh, as a stream, uh, is, is basically to give people the courage to stand up. It is time for us to revolt, literally. Uh, to You're going to have to understand. You have to experience some pain personally in order to restore and preserve freedom. This does not come easily. And we have stood by so many times during this last year and given up a little bit of freedom for another. And now you look at where we are, and we're at a precedence. Here we are. You're either going to lose your job or you're going to agree to be vaccinated with an, again, non-FDA-approved vaccination. Uh, we have PPP experts who are obviously going to be talking about both mask use and the ineffectiveness of this, uh, of this shot, and that is the reason that they're now requiring people to wear masks even if they've been vaccinated in all capacities here in Michigan. So the question is, what is it we're doing? And then when it comes to the children, you mentioned it earlier, as you probably are, have told your, your audience before, 245 children under the age of 18 is all that died in the entire United States. Now, we take the average population and, and, uh, and average that out. It's about 13.8% or 38 million people under the age of 18. The, the, the numbers are astronomical, and we do not even know of the 245 how many had very serious underlying conditions. Why would we ever consider not knowing 
what the long-term effects of this RNA-type vaccine would do on our children. I do not understand it. I don't know what parent would approve of it, but I have to say it is time for us, number one, to protect our children, number two, to protect our rights and our freedoms for their future. Yes, I'm with you on that, Ron. I saw a breakdown of the children that are reported uh, to have uh, gotten COVID uh, and gotten adverse reaction. Uh, not, uh, I've got to carefully word my... I saw a breakdown of the kids that were adversely affected, and most of them did have comorbidities, other problems. And the, the, the analysis I read is that only one child actually died of the virus. Now, I, um, so, but the point is uh, that very few children are adversely, they get it and they get over it, or they don't get it at all. They have an immunity. So this is, that's enough to make my blood boil. That's only one of the things we're talking about here. But uh, the event is tomorrow at 3 o'clock on the steps of Lansing. And I would suggest to all of you uh, who are listening in Michigan, and I know a lot of you are, uh, that tomorrow's a day to drop everything and do that. I just, uh, you should swarm that capital, swarm the steps. Uh, you know, we always say, uh, do something, say something. This is the chance to do that. This is a chance to fight back, and it'll be a, a powerful event. Um, so you're sponsored by also, it's not only Stand Up Michigan, your organization, but also Fight for Medical Freedom. So you have quite a group of medical doctors. Gosh, I'm going to run out of time here, Ron. Let me ask you this. Do you have some allies in the Michigan legislature? We do. Uh, very few, as you know, that stand up strongly, uh, but we are, they are going to be there. We're going to have senators there. We're going to have some House members there who are absolutely speaking up. We have had some legislation that has been adopted, but as you know, we're probably with our governor. They will be vetoed, which means it's, uh, it's a lot of those are formalities. I think it's the point right now is we got to stand up for our uh, individual rights and freedoms, for our constitutional rights, which are beyond anything that our governor can impose on us. And thank God it's based on Christian principles, a foundation that is going to be unshaken. Yep. And uh, you, I have to say that the because I have so many friends in Michigan, uh, the level of fervor in Michigan is incredible and not in small part due to Ron's efforts to organize Stand Up Michigan. And that can be done in any of your states. That can be done. In fact, several states do have a stand up uh, version of that. Uh, but it can be done in your state, too. And so when we say stand up, speak up. In fact, we're going to talk about that in a second even further. Uh, Ron is an example of someone who's been able to put that together. Ron, we'll have a longer conversation on a different day, but I wanted to make sure that people knew tomorrow at 3 uh, at the Lansing Capitol Steps, you're going to protest against mandated vaccines and all the other things. Ron Armstrong, thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for your hard work on behalf of the people of Michigan. Sandy Rios in the morning. You know, if you feel like you're stuck with a health care plan that isn't affordable or you simply don't like it, Right now is a great time to switch to MediShare. The typical family saves $500 a month when they join MediShare. And what's more, they like it. MediShare has double the customer satisfaction rate compared to the typical health insurance plan. That's double. So you get a massive network of providers to choose from. You get telehealth services. And MediShare is the most trusted name in healthcare sharing. It's been around for more than 25 years, shared more than $4 billion in healthcare bills. Here's why now really is the time to make the switch, too. You can start saving each month, which is huge, but right now they'll waive your joining fee. So you'll save another $170 right off the bat. But again, it's a limited time offer. You got to call now. And it only takes two minutes to find out how much you'd save by switching. Here's the number 833 Bible. That's 833 Bible. 833 Bible. This is Pause to Pray. 
a chance to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Rich Glick, chairman of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. His office regulates the transmission and sale of electricity and natural gas in interstate commerce. Colossians 3.23 reminds us of the importance of good hard work. Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Rich Glick as he oversees the movement of our nation's energy supplies. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team, a nonprofit, nonpartisan ministry dedicated to encouraging prayer for our nation's leaders. To learn more, go to pausetopray.org. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. If you're a first responder, you know the right training can make all the difference in a crisis. At Liberty University, we know the right training can make all the difference for your future. So we're proud to offer you a 25% discount on our more than 450 online degree programs. Combine this discount with our generous military benefits if you or your spouse also have military experience. Learn more about getting the right training at Liberty University by texting DEGREE to 49595. That's DEGREE to 49595. The Bible teaches us we are all made in the image of God, and a Catholic school of Michigan says that's why they are opposed to the state's mask mandate. The Resurrection School in Lansing filed a federal lawsuit claiming the mask mandate violates religious liberty by covering up God's image. The school argued masks also make students less social, and they make it harder for children to breathe. That was one of the arguments made by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He rejected mandatory masks in public schools, saying kids need to breathe. Resurrection School says man-made masks shield our humanity and cover up God's image. I like the way these guys think. Facial nudity. It's your God-given right, America. My new book, now the number one Christian inspirational book in the nation, Our Daily Biscuit. You can order a copy now at your favorite bookstore or at toddstarns.com. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. There are three general issues that have been publicly reported, and, and they are concerns about guidance documents that were issued by the Wisconsin Elections Commission, WEC. People refer to it as WEC. So WEC was an entity that was set up by the legislature in 2015 to provide guidance and assistance to our 1,852 municipal clerks across the state. Now, WEC was set up to help, but there have been a lot of concerns publicly registered that WEC, the Wisconsin Elections Commission, uh, commission, which is unelected, has actually become the de facto rulers of our Wisconsin election. To the first body of issues relate to legal issues. So interviewing will be secondary. And then uh, the, second, the second set of questions relate to private funding of administration of public elections. Now that may be a little more fact-intensive to find out who precisely was running the elections um, where the private, and I'm talking about the Facebook money, set out about $350 million across the country, of which 
uh, five of our cities here in the state got, got the bulk of somewhere between eight and 10 million. I've been hearing different things. So that's, that, that implicates legal research about what precisely the interplay between municipal clerks and outside money, private interest money, and people, staff, who are paid not by the people, but by Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, the third body of issues is very centralized, and that is the machines. What I need to do is take a very hard look at how precisely those machines are supposed to work, and then I anticipate having serious conversations, in-depth converse, substantial conversations, with the people on the ground who use those machines and use them to report their official totals to WEC in Madison, which then put out the official state results, and find out, did those machines work as they should? All right, that was the voice of retired Supreme Court Justice Mike Gableman in Wisconsin. <laughs> and interestingly enough, this really caught me by surprise. He has been named special counsel to investigate the election of 2020. I thought it was over in Wisconsin. Remember, there was a lot of, shall we say, tomfoolery. We'll say that. They, uh, the President Trump lost by 20,000 votes, and we thought there was going to be some movement there, but no matter what, what they tried, uh, there was, it was blocked. And so now for them to appoint, appoint a special counsel, it's pretty stunning. So there's lots of activity. We're going to talk about that. And let me introduce someone who probably knows all about what I just said, and it's Terry Dietrich. Terry is the chairman of the Waukesha County Republicans, and that is significant because Waukesha is the largest county in Wisconsin, largest conservative county, uh, and you, he's been my guest many times. Let me say that Terry isn't—okay, I'm going to say this. He may find this offensive, but he's not a typical Republican. He actually um, really fought uh, to get uh, an accountability for that November election. Uh, so let's he's not in the mainstream. He's actually quite uh, committed to truth and— um, and yet he's the head of this party in Waukesha County. Terry, thanks for joining us this morning. Sandy, it's a great pleasure. Good to be back with you. You know, let me remind people also that you have, you're the founder of Win Red, and that uh, under your leadership, uh, Waukesha County took back, I think, 85% of the seats that were up in, I think, a spring election. You guys organized, and we've been, we're going to talk about that uh, in just a minute. Uh, but you've had tremendous success there, and I just want to kind of put these things in perspective. But let's talk about Wisconsin first. What about this special counsel and this fresh uh, attempt to look at what happened uh, in that November election? What's that all about, Terry? Sure. I mean, the bottom line here is that there's still a lot of angst in this state as to what really happened here. I mean, the election was very close, as, as it always is in Wisconsin. So that's no surprise. But the bottom line was there were significant regu- uh, irregularities that took place. And and a bit of it, as Mike Gableman was talking about, uh, it really stems back to the Wisconsin Election Commission and the fact that they were supposedly issuing guidance to our clerks in the state. But, but yet it seems that there were clear violations of the state statute and state, state law. So as a guiding organization, the question was really whether they had the right to be doing what they did, and when they did that, when they did issue some of those guidance uh, uh, guidelines and, and advice to the clerks, what, was it in line with our state statute? And there's a real controversy over whether that's true. So Mike's going to going to work with others in the state to get to the bottom of it. But frankly speaking, our citizens are mad. <laughs> our citizens are 
not going to back off. They want the absolute truth. They want to see that our state statute uh, going forward is cleaned up, and obviously they'd like to make sure that the governor, the governor here takes that seriously and hopefully makes adjustments as we go forward. I just talked to Ron Armstrong in Michigan, and we got a kind of a rundown on what's going on up there. And they have, uh, as you know, a legislature that is, uh, they just don't have much help. And that's why they weren't able to, uh, they've had such strong mask lockdowns and their governor's gotten away with a lot of terrible things, even though the Republican legislature, you've had something similar. I mean, I think you guys have had, you had a Supreme Court justice who kind of stabbed you in the back. But also, um, now, correct, I don't understand this quite, Terry, because all I know is what I'm reading. House Assembly Speaker Robin Voss is actually... Uh, the one who was pushing for this special counsel, but I had the impression, I don't know if Robin is a man or a woman, but uh, was um, in the past reluctant. So what's changed? Well, I mean, I've had some discussions with Speaker Voss. I, he, he clearly uh, admits that, you know, just like just most, most of our legislators, that there were regularities, that there are things that, that definitely need to be looked at. Uh, I'm not sure he was 100% on board with uh with the, the recount and groundswell uh, that took place right after the election, and it seems that our legislature has, in some ways, kind of backed off of the issue. Uh, although I will say factually that uh, the state legislature very recently has actually issued, I believe it's five um, election law reform bills, uh, put them on the governor's desk, and of course, uh, in typical fashion, uh, with the governor, he just vetoed them right away. There's been no discussion. He's claiming that uh, Republicans and conservatives are the ones that are, you know, on some kind of a witch hunt. But the the facts are absolutely true uh, in those bills uh, of all the irregularities that took place, and primarily it's because of our state statute and the way it's written. It's uh, there certainly are some holes in it that need to be cleaned up. But Speaker Voss. You know, he, he has been looked on as a, a person that hasn't been uh, working with conservatives specifically to acknowledge and, and move forward um, with trying to investigate. And I think he had a change of heart um, recently and definitely wanted to try to get to the bottom of some of this. Uh, and by hiring Mike Gableman and doing a, an investigation of such, I mean, it's a, a step in the right direction. But believe me, there are other uh, groups um, and of course, uh, our assembly um, election committee chair Janelle Blanchin is is leading the charge uh, with a number of other groups that are are going to be pushing for a forensic audit here. Uh, they are now and in, in the near future, and and other groups who are just they want to get to the bottom of this. So I think Speaker Voss realizes that the citizens of Wisconsin want want the truth. They want this to go all the way through. We're all waiting on what's going to happen in Maricopa County and and other states and other jurisdictions. So um, this isn't going away in Wisconsin. So, Sandy, even though you thought it might have backed off a while ago, I'm telling you, it's back with a vengeance. The people oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm so glad to hear it. And now here's another story. Uh, look, I can't assume that you're – you probably know about everything I'm going to ask you about, but I, I want to make sure that people know I'm throwing this at you without giving you any kind of warning because I read a story uh, that they have undercovered an email – showing that Milwaukee Elections Executive Claire Woodall Vogg, who was the person uh, who, as I understand it, uh, was uh, handling the ballots that came out of Milwaukee, at least the counts of it, the, the reporting. And so um, here's the story. In the early hours of November 4th in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, a batch of 
This is just Milwaukee, just Milwaukee. President Trump lost by 20,000 votes, just to put this in perspective. Early morning hours of November 4th in Milwaukee, a batch of 143,379 ballots, all for Joe Biden, were dropped. Okay, so go. let's go on to this email, and they actually copy it in this article. Uh, Claire, who is, I think, alone and uh, managing the count uh, by herself, she gets uh, an email from Ryan Chu. And Ryan Chu, as I understand it, is, hang on a second, I'll tell you in just a second when I get to that, but let me, let me read what he says. He says, I can't say this word on this radio station, blank, Claire, you have a flair for drama, delivering just the margin needed at 3 a.m. I bet you had those votes counted at midnight and just wanted to keep the world waiting. That is from yep. Atu, the executive director of the Election Commission in the city of Milwaukee. Mr. Chu is from the Elections Group, which is a, a connected to George Soros, uh, and that's enough uh, for on that. Okay, so your comments on that. Does everybody know about this in Wisconsin? Yeah, yes. And the bottom line is, I, I have to tell you, Sandy, that it, it's it's almost a, it's not a joke, but it, it, it's almost a given fact that in our elections in this state, it is always Milwaukee that reports absolutely last. And it's always in the dead of the night. We had the same thing with uh, Governor Walker in, in his last election where he was defeated by uh, 37,000 votes. It's literally typical every single election. And so it would beg the question with any normal citizen, why the heck are they always so late reporting? And why do we always have these kind of uh, uh, cryptic late-night incidences that took place that, uh, to go along with this. There was an issue about the fact that the flash drive or the USB, where, which had the final tallies, was transported then from the, the uh, central count over to our, uh, our co- county courthouse for official filing. And there was a, a problem with the fact that one of the USBs was, quote, lost on the way. Uh, and then recovered. I mean, we, we have this happen every time in Milwaukee. And frankly, I was down at the recount that took place in Milwaukee um, just after November 4th. And frankly speaking, there was just egregious violations of the the parameters and the guidelines that were set forth and agreed to by Republicans and Democrats at that recount. They claimed that it was all clean and it was all properly run. And I can tell you absolutely not. There were all different changes during that period. So a lot of contempt for the way things are done in Milwaukee. Um, very little investigation. Uh, open records requests were made and not uh, honored. Um, stall tactics, etc. So it's certainly that plus what we call the Zuckerberg Five, which is the five cities in Wisconsin, blue, blue cities primarily, that uh, are under investigation right now through through claims through through uh, Representative Branch and um, you know there's a lot going on here and there's a lot of evidence and 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 you know circumstances that are very very suspect. Well, yes, and let me just reemphasize: 143,379 ballots dropped at 3 a.m. all for Joe Biden. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. that, that alone is like, uh, I would just be so furious, and I'm sure, you, obviously, the citizens yeah, of Wisconsin the pro- are furious. The problem is, is we, there's a, I believe it's 3-1, uh, maybe stand corrected, but we are in the minority with the election commissioners in Milwaukee. So the Milwaukee Election Commission, literally every time 
during that recount and beyond when when our election commissioner, a Republican, tried to, uh, you know, ask questions about this and actually uh, inquire and ask for details. He was simply outvoted and the case was closed. And it was mm-hmm. just just embarrassing, frankly speaking. Uh, to be it's in Milwaukee and see what went on there. So this is nothing well, new, and, and it seems like we can't we can't find the solution for it. So, well, God willing, we'll keep working on that. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, uh, but absolutely. one last thing because I want to get I want to pivot to your efforts uh, to prepare people for the 2022 election to get better people right. elected, and um, uh, so I'll, I actually I'm not going to mention that last story. We have a couple of minutes before we're going to take a break. And then my intention is to open the phone lines. And the reason I want to do that is I want all of you listening who are eager to do something where you live and actually have the wherewithal to do it. Uh, Maybe you want to be like the next Ron Ron Armstrong uh, in your state. Uh, Maybe you have a serious, you have a serious mind. You're not just, I'm just, I don't want unserious phone calls. I want people who really want to make a difference. And so, um, Terry, tell us briefly, what you have been doing to equip people around the country uh, to take back their states. Right. Well, thank you, Sandy. So so we, last November, strictly grassroots initiative through our county party, we formed a, uh, this initiative called WISRED, Wisconsin Red, we call it WISRED, in Waukesha County, which is the largest red county in the state of Wisconsin. And bottom line was, is we created a template for a first-time candidate or even incumbent, to work with us all the way through the the preparation to file for or register for candidacy, which is usually in January in our state, for the spring-April elections, literally a turnkey package for a candidate to enter, be vetted, be registered, and then we fully push them all the way across the line in April. Last spring for our April elections, which was effectively half of the uh, seats up in our county, they're half every year, about 157 seats. We supported 118 candidates and we won 100 races, which was uh, 86% winning percentage. So we have the formula to help candidates get involved at the local election level and take majorities. All right, so Terry, what we're going to do now, uh, because uh, we're going to take this short break, and when we come back, let's, uh, I think we want to hear from people who are interested in running, uh, who are interested in getting involved in this process. If you have questions for Terry, this is the time to call. It's 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Do you know what a committed friend is? A committed friend is a friend who cares enough to confront you about the blind spots in your life. A committed friend is one who loves you enough to tell you what's wrong with you so you can be better. Join Dr. David Jeremiah for his series, Overcoming Loneliness, next time on Turning Point. 5.30 a.m. and 7 p.m. Central on American Family Radio. The you are engaging in sexual sin, today is the day to repent. As it was corrupt in Judah, let's be honest, the same things are happening today. The pornography addiction amongst the body of Christ is through the roof. And by and large, many in the church are not discussing these things too often because many of the people who are entrusted with the responsibility to do so, they're bound themselves. 
Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III on American Family Radio. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Nick Vujicic, an entrepreneur and evangelist born without his four limbs due to a rare genetic condition, plans to launch Pro-Life Bank, a financial institution that will serve as an alternative to mainstream commercial banks, most of which donate heavily to Planned Parenthood. Vujicic believes he's in a unique position to address issues related to abortion, adoption, and foster care. About 90% of banks give toward abortion. He says Christians must have better options for using God's money. He added 50% of pro-life banks' net profits will be given to Judeo-Christian organizations to further the kingdom of God. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. Emmy was in a bad relationship when she found out she was pregnant. Her boyfriend told her to get an abortion, which she seriously considered. I knew that if I got an abortion, a part of me would be broken. Emmy went to a preborn center in need of guidance. They honestly were able to put every fear at ease and let me know that it was going to be okay. Because of them, he's here. I couldn't imagine my life without him. Preborn clinics introduce moms in crisis to their babies through ultrasound while providing hope, love, and the gospel in action. When an expectant mother meets her baby on ultrasound and hears the heartbeat, she's 80% more likely to choose life for her baby. To find out more, go to preborn.com. That's preborn.com. Or dial pound 250 and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 and say baby. Your love can save a life. This is Frank Afney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The anti-military left used to quip, what if they gave a war and nobody came? Now that they are in charge of the U.S. government, we may be about to find out. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says all active duty personnel must be vaccinated against COVID-19, a murderous disease from a Chinese bio-warfare laboratory. It remains to be seen how many in our all-volunteer armed forces decide to quit rather than take an experimental gene therapy they have thus far declined to inject in their bodies. But anecdotal evidence suggests there will be some particularly among the relatively small number of actual warriors as opposed to the many who support them. Weakening our defenses invites possibly otherwise deterrable wars. With the people who brought us the Chinese Communist Party virus boiling to do still more damage, that's an experiment we must avoid. This is Frank Gaffney. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Facebook or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Okay, Sandy Rios back with you. I want to remind you, for those of you in Michigan, there will be this uh, protest on the Lansing Capitol steps tomorrow from 3 to 5, protest against mandated vaccines. And I think uh, with uh, Ron Armstrong uh, leading Stand Up Michigan, uh, and there'll be medical people there giving testimony. It's a way for you to show with your body that you are going to resist this. Uh, also, I will mention this quickly, and then we'll talk more about it next week. Uh, there is a, a thing called Walkout Wednesday. 
uh, next Wednesday to protest forced vaccinations at jobs and at schools. He basically says, join the movement to walk out and protest your place of employment and your school at noon in your time zone on Wednesday, August the 11th. So again, we will we will revisit that again next week. Um, all right, so so much of what I talk about all boils down to who's representing us. Whether it is in Washington, which is just a source of my fury almost every day, or whether it's in your state capitol, which... We're talking with uh, Terry Dietrich. The, the Republicans in that state, even though they control, control the legislature, have been a huge disappointment. Michigan, we talked to Ron Armstrong a few minutes ago, the same thing. If we had elected proper people who actually cared about their country, we wouldn't be in this mess. And so we have to fix that, don't we? And that boils down to what Terry is doing. He's training people around the country to run for public office uh, in 2022. And let me just also add this interesting article came my way about Democrats running in rural America trying to hard uh, trying to hide their party identification because uh, people in the heartland are not so crazy about what Democratic policies are doing. And so uh, you have to be very careful. They'll not say they're a party identification. They will hide what they really believe. That happens on both sides of the aisle, by the way. We've got to get good uh, candidates in. And so Terry is joining us to talk about that. Terry, we do have a lot of people that want to talk to you, but is there anything further that you want to say by way of introduction before we open up the phone lines about what you're trying to do? Well, no, just a quick thank you to you, Sandy. You, you've been tracking me and, and our WISRED program since last November and the groundswell um, nationwide of folks that have contacted me really opened my eyes to the fact that I think we have a national problem as Republicans or conservatives that we simply haven't focused on the local elections anywhere. And uh, the, the Republican Party, if you will, the structure of it has, has not either. And, and we've got a lot of work to do. So I'm here to help. Uh, here in Wisconsin, we're gearing up for WISRED 2022. We had our kickoff meeting the other night on Tuesday, and our headquarter warehouse was packed. So people are <laughs> excited. The other aspect of this is that the moms, especially, who are involved with all of the Local school board races, critical race theory, mass mandates, these types of things are a new groundswell of, of supporters that we have to harness with us, which we're doing everything we can to connect with them. That's going to be a force across the country for the, for the future here. So I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, Happy you to are, I'm, folks. I just saw another headline this morning. If you, if, you wanted, if you want to take back your country, run for school board. That was the headline. And so, uh, and so you're talking about local races like that. So, Terry, before we even start, um, is there a way people can contact you? And are you willing to give some kind of contact information? You may get inundated. So sure. think about that. You are? Okay, so what, what can we tell them right now before we open the phone lines? Sure. I mean, they, they can go to wisred.com. Um, that's that's one simple W-I-S-R-E-D.com. Um, okay. They can also contact our, our Waukesha County Republican Party, and they'll connect you with me. Uh, and then, obviously, Sandy, we, we can we can share other contact info together. They can go out. Okay. All right. Very good. Wisred.com. All right. Let's uh, let's get going here. Let's go to uh, Iowa and talk to Joe. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. So, what's on your mind, Joe? Oh, thank you, Sandy and Terry, for for the work you're doing for the kingdom and for our country. Um, I, I was wondering, 
Mike Lindell is holding a symposium on August 10th, and yep. he's having 100 uh, cyber forensic experts on showing the proof that the election is fraudulent. And I was wondering if, A, any networks are going to pick this up, and B, if there are enough of us to spread that around to show that there's absolute proof that number 46 is not supposed to be there. Well, Joe, let me answer that. I think, um, no, I don't think a network's going to cover that. First of all, you know that uh, Mike just uh, withdrew his, what, $95 million contract with Fox uh, because they did not want to advertise. It's probably this event you're talking about. So I, I do, And none of the other networks are going to be advertising it. So it really is up to us. And so you are reminding me that I need to be, I need to be one of those persons that gets the word out about that. And so we will do that, Joe. Um, but, um, but I appreciate the, the question, and I'm glad you brought it to my attention. Let's go to Janet in Illinois. Good morning, Janet. Yes. Hello. Oh, yes. So you have a question, oh, Janet? Yes. <clears throat> no, I am piggybacking on what this first caller said. His cyber symposium is going to be August 10th, 11th, and 12th, 72 hours straight, and it's on frankspeech.com. That is his website, um, so it won't be shut down. And I just think if people see this information, he, I, I've seen some of it on his documentaries. He shows all of the computer uh, printouts, not printouts, but all of the computer numbers and exactly where those go to China and then switched and come back. It is yes. absolutely. Yes, I've seen some of that too. It's great, Janet. So thank you also for... Uh, embellishing that a little bit. And I will, I promise I to all of you, I will, maybe even next Monday or Tuesday, we'll talk about this and give it a little bit more air time. So thanks, Janet. But right now, I'm actually looking for those of you that are interested in running for office or interested in getting involved in your area. Those are the kinds of calls we're looking for. Our phone number is 888-589-8840. That's 888-589-8840. Uh, let's go to Jerry in Indiana. Good morning, Jerry. Yes. How you doing? Good. Yeah, I just wanted to tell. I just wanted to uh, comment on two things. One is the apathy of the voters that is out there that I personally have experienced. I actually spent 23 years on our local city council in our community, and the apathy of the of the people is just so terrible. How do we change that? How do we mobilize the people that are out there who are concerned? And, and these kinds of things, and I, and I applaud you for, for what you're doing here, and that's why I called in, because this is something that really needs to happen here. Um, but, right, so, but like I say, I – go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, uh, Jerry, I just uh, – let let's pause for a second, and let's get Terry's sure. response, because he's the expert. Terry, okay. give him an answer. Jerry, that's a, <laughs> Jerry, that's a great point. Thank you very much. Uh, just as a quick example, in Waukesha County here, the biggest red county in the state – our average turnout for, for spring local election is between 17 and 20 percent. Uh, pretty pathetic, in my opinion, when obviously in the presidential we voted well over 75 percent. What did we do? The bottom line is we drove that red vote. We identified red voters. I'll call them conservatives and Republicans. And now I believe there's actually, a, I'll say, a swing voter out there 
at the local elections level, especially the moms involved with the school boards, we targeted those folks to drive that voter turnout at least 10% increase last spring all through the winter time. We drove it up to about 30, 32%, and ultimately of that extra 10, 12% uh, turnout, we were 90% red and we swept the county. So the bottom line is, is we touched each one of those red voters at least six times through a whole series of outreach from the primary in February all the way to April. So we, we understand that. We know it's all about turnout. We know it's all about driving up our red number. Okay. All right. So, um, Jerry, I'm sure you have a lot of questions about that. So this is what I'm going to ask you to do. Can you email me at sandy at AFR.net, and I will link you with Terry directly? Okay. Can I okay. make one other comment? Sure. Um, the The only other comment I want to make is, that I think it's important that people understand that they need to get involved in local politics. I mean, national yeah. politics is one thing, but local politics is where the key is. You have to get yeah. involved in the school board. You have to get involved in the city council because that's where all the decisions that affect you personally are going to be made. So that's all I want to say. That's why we're doing it. With RED, our program is 100% focused on, lo- on local races. We don't do anything at the state level or at the federal level. We are strictly local races only just to bring attention to that. Yeah. Jerry, thanks. That was that you provoked a great discussion. The heart of what we're really trying to do here. Let's go to Nancy in, El- in Louisiana. Good morning, Nancy. Oh, hi. Um, I'm from Sulphur, Louisiana, and um, uh, I wanted to see how we could change things here because we do have a Democrat governor and and, he, and so many of the votes in uh, Baton Rouge were against different bills that would be bad, and he just switched them and so on like that. Even though we did set up a um, a chain, like an override session, um, it wasn't enough votes. So anyway, um, so I just want to know locally. I'm sorry. I feel like I'm too old to run for school board. Uh, <laughs> all right. So hang on a second. I'm rushing you, Nancy, because of the time. So, Terry, I'm guessing one of the things you would say is that maybe Nancy, because she cares so much, could recruit someone to run. Sure. That's, that's absolutely what we're, we're about at WISRED. Uh, it's not just about finding candidates, because I'll tell you what, about 70% of all the candidates, of the 118 candidates we supported last year, were first-timers, never ran before. They walked in the door. They said, Terry, we can't take it anymore, but I don't know how to run. Can you please help me? That's where our template to take them from beginning to end was so very important, along with some additional funding to assist them, because most folks, good citizens, just don't know how to get involved. We know how. We'll help. All right. So let me just say again, if you're listening to this and you're serious, you're actually serious about getting involved, whether it's to run, find somebody to run, organize people, Email me at sandy at AFR.net, okay? Sandy at AFR.net, and we will follow through with you uh, to give you the help you need. All right, thanks, thanks, Nancy. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Lee in Texas. Good morning, Lee. Yes, uh, I'm just calling in because uh, listening to you guys and everything, I felt really got involved. Uh, I, uh, after listening to AFR and everything, I became a precinct chair. And as of today, I'm on a talk radio show as a co-host, and I'm getting ready to run for school board. 
And a lot of the people that we've been with, uh, that are associated with me, have been running for city council and school board, not really winning, but they're getting really familiarized and informing themselves on what's going on. So I think that one of the things that I see to help out any individual that's looking to 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 get involved is becoming a precinct chair, to see if there's a precinct chair within your precinct, and if not, take that chair. And that's Terry? a very good entry level. Yep. Yeah, Terry, what do you think about that advice? Oh, well, I think it's a great idea. Bottom line is, is we've got folks who literally started off as volunteers uh, in one cycle and then now want, want to ultimately run. In some cases, they're they're a little bit afraid to go for the bigger office so that the, the uh, precinct chair and those types of things are great. Also, people also have to remember in the country, and I think we have the same thing in Wisconsin as we do nationwide, is there's lots and lots of appointments. So when you have a, a mayorship or an aldermanic race or a, a school board, city council, frankly speaking, that governor or that go- government right there, that local government, has the ability to appoint people, things like the library board, the planning commission, and many other uh, appointments that are very, very important to that local environment. And we're also involved with that, pushing folks for that. So it, it, yeah. it's all layered at the local level. So yeah. any level that someone wants to get in, it's obviously going to, to assist at that local government level, and it's also going to groom them for hopefully something bigger down the line. So, yeah, uh-huh. recruit candidates, volunteers, anyone who wants to get involved, this is a ground flow at the grassroots level. And I'll tell you what, there's a lot of municipalities in our county that we are literally in the minority but the fact of the matter is when we calculate, if we stay with this over one to two election cycles, we can take back the majority in all of these boards around our, our county and wow. then take control of all the appointments. And let me tell you, it's absolutely criti- critical that we do this now. We okay. can't wait. We have to all get right, majorities so- because the other side doesn't want to compromise at all and work with us. So. All right. So we had people running for office, at people other. we had so many other calls. And I apologize to all of you for not being able to get to you. So if you're serious about this business of getting involved, email me at sandy at AFR.net, sandy at AFR.net. And Terry Dietrich, always a champion. Terry, thank you for your time. You and I will talk again really soon. And remember, wisred.com for more information. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.